Welcome to this podcast of sermons at CUNY United Methodist Church. And now a reading from the Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus went through Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness among the people. News about him spread all over Syria, and people brought him all who were ill with various diseases, those suffering from severe pain, the demon-possessed, those having seizures, and the paralyzed, and he healed them. Large crowds from Galilee, the Decapolis, Jerusalem, Judea, and the region across the Jordan followed him. Now when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up to the mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him, and he began to teach them. He said, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for it will be fulfilled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will know for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called the children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of the righteousness for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. This is the gospel of the Lord. Blessed are you in hearing. Our worship series is called Jesus, Jesus' Greatest Hits. And we're going to spend six weeks in the Gospel of Matthew in chapters 5, 6, and 7. These, these core teachings of Jesus, these core uh, learnings as disciples. If you look in your Bible at Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7, you'll see it has a header that says Sermon on the Mount. And so that's what we normally know it as. Of course, that is, those headers are not in the original Gospels. Those were all um, headers that were added um, centuries, millennia later. And as this worship series we're doing is based on the work of Amy Jill Levine, she is a scholar, she is a Jewish scholar, and she brings this amazing um, uh, Jewish perspective to Jesus, who was a Jew. And so she does a great job of helping us see um, Jesus' way of thinking and attitudes and values that would have reflect his Jewish heritage, because Jesus was a Jew. He prayed like a Jew, he ate like a Jew, he asked questions like a Jew, and he taught like a Jew. Scholars tell us that in the Gospel of Matthew, there are two primary things going on. One is the death and resurrection of Jesus, which saves us. But the other is these, 
Jesus' teaching on the kingdom of heaven. And that teaching on the kingdom of heaven is central to the whole gospel. Sometimes we can get so focused on our salvation through Jesus' resurrection that we, um, you know, fail to be taught well by our Lord and Savior. I remember one time I was at a Christmas service. Christmas, you know, and the church was packed with people we hadn't seen since last Easter. And the pastor was a little ornery that, that evening. And he said, um, he said, we like Jesus to stay a baby where he's teaching us nothing and asks nothing of us. And I remember thinking, not me. I like the grown-up Jesus because I'm here all the time. But then you get down into Jesus' real teachings on discipleship and whoo, it takes a lifetime of following to just begin, at least for me, maybe I'm a slow learner, to just begin to really be formed as a disciple of Jesus. Jesus' greatest hits, Sermon on the Mount, could also be called a beginner's guide to the kingdom of heaven. And in the gospel, it is presented as a beginner's guide. In the gospel of Matthew, we've had Jesus be born and then baptized and then called disciples, and then right in today's reading. One little paragraph. Jesus went around the countryside, healing sicknesses, casting out demons, and the crowds followed. There were crowds coming for healing, not necessarily for teaching. And so Jesus goes up on a mountain. Any Jew would have seen that, like Moses going up the mountain to receive that revelation of God. Jesus goes up the mountain and the disciples follow. Not the crowds, the disciples follow. These were insiders. These were people who had decided to follow Jesus, who had given their lives, who had, who had left family and home and livelihood to follow Jesus, and they climbed the mountain with him. They were already good. Jesus was going to teach them how to be better. As we hear Jesus' greatest hits, we can imagine ourselves sitting there with those disciples. We've decided to follow Jesus. We have, you know, we climb the mountain with Jesus. We are good, and Jesus can make us better. The disciples were learners. They were students. And they would have been active learners. They would have asked questions and asked for clarification and maybe even raised objections. That's a very Jewish way to learn. A friend of mine grew up in Brooklyn. His name's Henry. He grew up in Brooklyn in a Jewish neighborhood and he went to Catholic school. And he uh, recently told me a story about taking calculus at a local, it was a high school or college, and most of the students were Jews. And he said that, you know, the instructor, the professor has, you know, started to teach and is writing on the board, and one of the students said, hey, hey, wait a minute, back up. I didn't get that part. I don't understand what you're doing there. And he was shocked, because where he was from, students didn't just pipe up like that. And he said, I learned more in that class than I had ever learned. He goes, I wish that every class of mine had been filled with Jews. 
who are those active learners. So we are called to that kind of active learning, asking questions, asking for clarifications. Wait up, Jesus, back up. I'm not following you. That's the kind of learners we are called to be. Jesus' greatest hits we could also think of as a theological pep talk. They make us feel good in our discipleship, and they inspire us to do better, to dig deeper, to try harder in our discipleship. The gospel writer in Matthew is wonderful at allusions to Scripture. He'll give the first line and then let people fill in the rest in their head. And we still do that. Let's see if we can do that. Like, I'll sing the beginning of a song and see if you can finish the line. Okay, are you ready? Can you guys do that with me? Okay, happy birthday. See, you guys got it. So I, just ha- so I could just say happy birthday and we fill in the rest. Let's try it with scripture now and see if you can fill in the line. In the beginning... God created the heavens and the earth. See, you guys rock at this. How about this one? For God so loved the world that... You guys are amazing. So Matthew would do that. He would just give the beginning line and let us fill in the rest. And of course, Scripture for him, for Jesus, was what we call the Old Testament. So this pep talk that Jesus is giving to the disciples is giving to us up on that mountain. It teaches us how to live our lives with one foot in the kingdom of heaven. And this is not a kingdom that is for the afterlife. It is a kingdom for right here and right now. And it is a kingdom that beckons us. And he begins with the blessings. Blessed are, we call them the Beatitudes. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are the merciful. Blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Blessed are the pure in heart. Blessed are those persecuted for righteousness sake. Theologians have pointed out These blessings are Jesus' autobiography. Every one of these blessings is part of Jesus' life. He is poor in spirit. He mourns over Jerusalem. He is persecuted. And Jesus is sharing these blessings with the disciples. You are blessed when? When you are poor in spirit and when you mourn. So it kind of begs the question, what is a blessing (laughs) if these are the blessings? The Greek word that that Matthew uses is makoriai, and it can translate blessing or happy or even rich. When we hear the English translated from the Greek, you know, it doesn't go perfectly. But Matthew was translating too. Jesus didn't speak Greek. Jesus spoke Aramaic and probably some Hebrew. And Aramaic is very closely related to Hebrew, maybe even a dialect of Hebrew. So the question is, what was that Hebrew word, what was that Aramaic word that Jesus actually used? Well, it might be Baruch, which translates blessed. 
That's the word that's the beginning of most Jewish prayers today. Blessed are you, Lord our God. It's also used in Jeremiah 17, 7. Blessed are those who trust in the Lord. That's Baruch. Or it might be Ashrei. Another word that translates to blessing in English also means happy, fortunate, worthy of praise. It's used in Psalm 84. Blessed are those who dwell in your house. So which word did Jesus use? We don't know. So we can ask questions. What do you mean there, Jesus? Which one? How does this bless? How is, how is this a blessing? But the one thing that we hear in all of those words is that blessings come with a sense of responsibility. Any blessing from God, any talent from God, any gift from God that is unappreciated or unused is a waste. Blessings come with responsibility. Last week on Mother's Day, I was reminded of, you know, the older woman talking to the young mother who's exhausted because she's not sleeping, being told what a blessing it is to have young children. And it is a blessing to have young children. And it is a responsibility. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are the poor in spirit. This refers, it does refer to economic poverty and to humility, to living a life of humility without a sense of pride. This is poor in spirit are those who give help and receive help. They are people who recognize the gap, recognize the gap between what they have and what they should have. We may have a bank account but we may not have generosity or compassion. We may have a watertight house and health care and a car, but our neighbor is struggling to make ends meet. In Hebrew, anai means poor with the connotation, the poor who recognize their dependence on God, poor in spirit, recognizing their dependence on God, and just to be clear, this, this is not a message of poverty is good and wealth is bad. Thank God, because as Americans, we would fall into the wealthy camp. It is not the having of wealth that is the problem. It is the hoarding of it. Tony Campolo said, there is nothing wrong with making a million dollars, but there is something wrong with keeping it. Blessed are the poor in spirit, those who recognize their dependence on others and others' dependence on them. Poor in spirit, those who recognize their own privilege and then use that privilege to work for others who don't have it. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who mourn. Now, this is one where you want to say, Jesus... Explain this to me as a blessing. Those who mourn. How can mourning be a blessing? The only way to mourn is to have loved deeply. Mourning is, is to say, I loved this person and I desperately miss them and not 
everybody does that. To mourn is to love. Mourning is only for those who have loved deeply, and there is blessing in taking the time to mourn. Dr. Levine says in the Jewish tradition, there is a mourning tradition called sharing Shiva, and Shiva means um, seven, and it's seven days where the family um, mourns at home and friends and family come to visit for seven days and often offer comfort and bring food. And it is this um, um, wonderful time for the family to really mourn and be comforted, not with platitudes, but with presence and stories and memories. Mourning is a blessing because we care. And not everyone cares. The disciples will mourn. They will mourn when Jesus is murdered on a Roman cross. Blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are the meek. The Greek word is praus. The Hebrew word is anachin. And we translate it meek or humble or gentle like when Jesus entered Jerusalem on a donkey instead of a war horse, Jesus is the epitome of a meek king. In these, these words, they don't mean meek like victimized, which sometimes we mean, a person who is powerless and victimized. This is a meekness of somebody with great authority who does not lord it over others. Jesus is the epitome of a meek king. And Jesus is talking to his disciples, remember, just the disciples. These were people of privilege. They had boats and homes and land. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Those who, who burn for, the, for a world of justice that, that, that meets God's dream for this world. Those who recognize power and responsibility. Blessed are the pure in heart. Those who have sloughed off attachment to clutter and distractions, the things of this world. Blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are those who are persecuted because they ask parties to sacrifice for the greater good. Blessed are those persecuted for my sake. In some parts of the world today, this is very real. Of risking our lives to follow Christ. Risking our reputation to fully live the gospel. Blessed are those persecuted. The Beatitudes are that beginner's guide, the beginning of the beginner's guide to the kingdom of heaven, and that is a kingdom that beckons us. So I'd like to um, encourage you this week to pray the Beatitudes, and I'm going to encourage you right now, get out your phone and find Matthew 5. If you have a Bible app, get out Matthew 5 or make a note on your bulletin. Or if you don't have a Bible app, the website BibleGateway.com is a great one. It gives you different translations. And this week, pray those Beatitudes every day. This is Matthew 5. And listen for the ways 
that, God, that Jesus is teaching you? And what are the questions you have for Jesus? What are the clarifications that you want? And how are those beckoning you into the kingdom of God? What is the step that Jesus is asking you this week to take into the kingdom of heaven? Amen. Thanks for listening. This podcast is preached almost always by our pastor, Reverend Mia Crossway. CUNY United Methodist Church is a community on a mission to make disciples for the transformation of the world. To support this podcast and the missional priorities of this church, go to cunaumc.org and click on Give. Any amount helps. And if you're kind enough to share your contact information with us, we'll continually send you things.